Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. Man, amen. Come on, get a Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Uh-uh. I, I am not satisfied. There you go. There you go. Some of you all was at the Memphis State Ole Miss game yesterday, and you gave them a better praise than what you're giving God, and I'm jealous. I'm jealous on behalf of my God. You better not let Memphis and Ole Miss celebrate better than you celebrate your God. Now, one more time, give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> you may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. Amen. I thank God for this day. I'm excited. Are you excited about living, about life? Amen. This is the time and this is the season for you to be excited about what God's doing because God's doing some great things. And I can, you know what, I cannot apologize for what God is doing because he's doing some great things. I apologize because you don't know it. That's not God's fault. He is not at fault. That's you not knowing what God is doing. So therefore, it is your fault. Amen. But what I'm here to do today is to help you understand what God's doing in ministry, in life, in the world, so that you can open up your world and see what God's doing with you. Amen. I believe in these days and times that the church is asleep. We're coming in here, but we, we have no expectations. And we leave here, we have no expectations. We come and we go. And there's a whole world is in turmoil, upside down, need direction, don't know where to go or what to do, and the church is asleep. Much so is because everything is, is, is sort of kind of okay. It's not all the way bad. Yeah, it could be better, so we're okay. And because we're okay, we're just, we have gone to sleep on God. And it's going to take something to wake us up. As a messenger of God, today I declare, I decree to you that God is about to wake us up. I didn't say how. Sometimes my kids, they oversleep. My wife said, you get up every morning, you'll be upset. You're fussing and you're hollering. Get up out of bed. Get up. you like a drill sergeant. That's the way I get my kids up. That's the only way I know. She go in, she just turn their light on and go on back to the other room. Excuse me? You expect for that to get them? All they do is cover their head up. I'm in there. Get up out of bed. What's wrong with y'all? Don't y'all know what time it is? Get up. That's my way of waking them up. So I found out that God has several ways of waking us up. He has flicked the light on, and we covered up. All this stuff y'all see going on in the world, he flicked the light on. All the chaos, all the stuff, everything that's happening over in Israel, everything that Russia is doing, all the Confederacy, all the, all the, all the states that are joining Russia right now, he talked about this in the Bible. God, the God made God war. Hey, the stage is being set. He flicked the light on. But you know what we've done as a church? We pulled the cover over our head. We hit the snooze alarm. 
But God is about to move to the next phase. He's about to send pastor in there to wake us up. Like when I go in there, my wife, goes, she just flicked the light on and the kids put their cover. But when I come in, I'm snatching covers off everybody. I'm telling you, get up. You missed it, didn't you? God's about to hold on to your, hold on to your, your thing, babe. No, not to that, to this. See that? Because I'm, I'm, I'm about to snatch the cover away from you. You hear me? You understand? You understand? God's about to snatch the cover away from us. And we must be ready to do what God's calling us to do. I find out that most people are not ready. We know what to do. We're just not ready to do it. God has called us, but we put our phone on silent. We don't want to answer. You all come to church every Sunday. You hear me minister. Well, when are you going to go minister? Mm Mm-hmm. Baby, we're moved into the age of the priesthood of the believer, and you believers don't know it. This is your time. Why do you think that people are coming to you with all their issues, all their heartache, all their mess? Look, I'm sitting on why is he looking at me? Yeah. God has a way of bringing you front and center. Mm-hmm. So what I'm going to do today is give you some instructions from the Lord. This is not coming from pastor. This is coming from God's word. Because what he's doing, he's shaking everything again. The shaking has begun. There are people who are going to be running for cover. They're going to be looking for hideouts. And every place you, got, you try to go and hide and be you, it's going to be some people there who are going to know you don't belong there. And they're coming after you to give them a word. Why? Because you are the light of the world. Baby, how can you be hid? You are the light of the world. You want to go back and do your own thing, but you're shining in darkness. People are coming to you and they're talking to you, and you you just want to go back to being you. That ain't happening. You've been touched. You have been enlightened. You know better. Yeah, buddy. Mm-hmm. Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about your assignment. I'm talking about the real reason why you're here. Why God would bring you out of eternity and place you in time. Don't you realize that <laughs> this is not your home? You're passing through this place, baby. You're a pilgrim, an alien. No, you don't have horns and long neck and long head, I don't think. But you're not from here. You're from a place outside of here called eternity. And your father sent you here because somebody in this world needs you. So he sent you here with a purpose. And that purpose has an assignment. You are a spokesman for God. And as I give you the scripture today, you'll be able to see it and know it and understand it. So what I'm getting ready to do now is to bring you up to, up to speed 
with some things that I need you to see. So today we're going to talk about the assignment, and as I get into the assignment, I'm going to give you some points to remember. Tyrone, you got my pointer? You know where it's at. Thank you, man. All right. Watch this. These are points that you need to remember, okay, so that you can understand what God's doing. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. These are things you're going to have to remember. Take your phone out, click it, whatever, however you need to do, but get this information today, okay? Don't get on the phone and start talking to your you know, just text, girl, we're going to eat after this. No, 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 no. Today, the only reason you can use your technology is to, is to get you some information so that after you leave here, you are on point. Okay? So where sin abound, grace does much more abound. That is saying a whole lot. Because as you see stuff getting crazy, where sin is abounding around you, people just acting a plum fool, grace is there to cover them if they just acknowledge it. What is grace? We always know it. Grace is, I get out your way. You can go, take it down. All right. Grace is, and we'll use an old, old, old terminology or the way we broke grace down. Uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. Getting something that you do. Most of us know about grace. You don't pay your bill on the first. Sometimes they give you to the 15th. Mm. To the 10th. To the 5th. Oh, man, they don't cut it down to the 5th. All right. So, so that was your grace. When I was paying bills, and I couldn't make my bills on time. They, it was to the 15th. So now it sounds like they're going to cut it back down to the 5th. So I thank God. It's been a long time since I've been late on bills. Thank God. That's a blessing, y'all. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So it's still grace. Even though your grace is running out. In my time of 15, now it's down to 5. That lets you know grace is running out. So it is the same thing now. People are still operating on grace, but their grace is running out. And when grace is up and out, guess what? It's over. We're out of here, okay? But right now, when you see a person sinning, God has sent you with grace to cover their sin. Hold on, Pastor. You don't know some of the people that I hang with. Well, you don't know who sent you. Because they can't outdo God. The devil can't outdo God. He can't get you low enough that God don't want to help you. I don't care what you're going through right now. I don't care how much hell and how water you're facing. The devil can't beat you down bad enough where God won't accept you as his child. He cannot disfigure you enough. He cannot take you so far down that God won't reach down and pull you out. I don't care how low sin takes you or has taken you. God's grace is sufficient. He will meet you. Baby, listen to me. I don't care how bad you are. He will meet you where you are. He's just that type of God. And all he wants to do is show you how he's willing to do to you so you can do it to others. All right. I won't get off of this first point if I don't keep moving. Since therefore, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. So when somebody comes to you, and listen to me, your assignment has taken you to where you are now. How many of you got jobs? How many of you have businesses? You have things that you do. How many of you go grocery store shopping? When you go shopping at the mall, baby, you're on an assignment. Sometimes God let a need come up so that you go after that need, so he can direct you to that person. God is playing strategic. This is a strategy that he's doing. 
So when you go to the grocery store and somebody follows you around the grocery store, baby, they ain't just follow you. They need Jesus. And because you won't need Jesus, they're going to ask you for your money. Because you don't know, you don't know how to give them what they need. And that's another whole message, but I'll get to that one next time. All right, so let's go to the next point. This could be a season of victory for this church or for all churches. This can be a season of victory in your life. This could be a season. This could be the season that you've been waiting for. But you got to know how to operate in this season. Let's say you're looking for finances. You need some more finances. How many need more finances? You need a better job or whatever. Okay. Baby, this could be your season. Because it could be somebody who who's working for, what's a good company to work for? Anybody know? Okay, let's say Fair Express, because they're local. Let's say Fair Express. And they have an a, a opening in the top office that you're not even qualified for. You're not qualified for that office, but that office is paying some money that could get you set up for life. Guess what? Nobody want to work in that office. Why? Because it's a fool in that office. A heathen in that office. He don't care nothing about God. Won't let you care nothing about God, and nobody will stay in that office. If I was God and I was strategic and somebody is praying for this rascal, somebody has asked me for this heathen. Somebody said, God, you deal with this heathen. God said, you asked me of the heathen, I give him to you. Here you are over here believing God for more money, for a raise, or you working in Fair Express. He need to promote you. He sends you to that office. You're excited. God, I woo, girl, I got it, woo, ha, woo, Jesus. You got the job, you've been promoted. And everybody looking at you like, woo, you can have it. So now you get into this office, you're excited, and finally you meet the boss. And he is everything that they said he was. He is a heathen. He's a down, outright fool. But you ask God to promote you. You ask God to use you. So now your assignment is this heathen. You're going to have to win him over. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to fast. You're going to have to believe. So you're not working for the man anymore. You're working with the man. You're working with God because somebody is praying for this heathen, and God looked for somebody to sin. He sent you. He sent you. Now, you can miss it because you can start complaining like everybody else is complaining. You can start talking about it like everybody else is talking about it, but that's not helping you because the Bible told you. He trained you. He equipped you. You can have whatsoever you say. So you're going down, that man ain't going to never change. That man ain't no good. That man low down. And guess what? He's going to be no good. He's going to be low down, and he's going to never change towards you. Because you're speaking it. You are on an assignment. And you're wondering why it's not getting any better. Because you're not getting any better. You are there in Christ's stead. Instead of Christ coming down, he sent you. 
I told you last week, he said, Behold, I've given you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And guess what? That man better not hurt you. But you don't know this. You know it, but you don't want to be too spiritual. Mm-hmm. You don't want to come out of yourself to be Christ-like. So therefore, you have a dilemma. And if you don't watch it, you're going to quit. And then you're going to ask God, I need some more money. God said, I just gave you all that. I gave you all this. I gave you the office that you asked for. I gave you the view you asked for. I gave you the anointing that you asked for. And you let that devil run you away from it. You let that devil run you off when you're supposed to have gotten that man and shook the devil out of him. Not literally shake the devil out of him. That rascal don't know your power. You go up there and you see that man, hey, how you been acting? He, he acting such a, he's about to cuss you out. And you just, hey, thank you. All right. You know what you did? You just laid hands on him. Mm-hmm. You don't know your power. You don't know your authority. Mm-hmm. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They cast out that devil. And he, you don't lay hands on your sugar, and all of a sudden he's looking at you like, something just happened. You, you ain't worried about it. You're still going back to your office. And he's trying to figure out what didn't happen. You didn't cast that devil out of him. Everybody been running from this. Everybody been giving up this position. They have elevated this position on a higher level, giving them more money because can't nobody stay with this rascal. And here you come, and one day cast the devil out of it, and y'all getting along real good. Why? Because you're on assignment. Most of you all are running from your assignment because of devils. You can't have what God wants you to have because of a devil. Is blocking you. And you don't know how to deal with the devil. But guess what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to teach you how to cast out devils and demons. He has called me and appointed me to teach you how to get what's yours how to enjoy this life. He said, I came that you may have life and life more abundantly. Yeah. Baby, God's tired of looking down in heaven and looking at you doing what you do. Yeah. Being miserable, broke, busted, and disgusted. It's bad that you're miserable. It's bad that you're broke. But baby, you are just straight out disgusting. So God anoint a person like me and says, go teach my people my ways. Make disciples out of them. Teach these disciples how to obey me so that they can have all their stuff back. I'm not here trying to get you your stuff back. I'm trying to get you to get a position with God so that you can be obedient to God and do what God called you to do. Let me try to get past my next slide. All right. This can be the reason or the season for victory for the church, but we must wake up and be about our
father's business. When you go to your job tomorrow or the next day, you're going about your father's business. Young folks, when you go to school, you're on your father's business. There's some demons that have got his children in bondage, and God sent you to break them free. You step up on that school campus, and everybody out there, they act a fool. Thus said the Lord God, let my people go so they might serve me. And then you take off running because I'm going to whoop your tail. <laughs> Let me stop. All right. If we don't speak up, the church may miss her chance to be effective. If we don't open our mouths, we're going to miss our chance to be effective, to snatch some soul out of hell. To give some praying grandmama their child or their grandchild back. They will die in their sins if we don't speak up. We could be the last warning that they will receive. But you don't want to cramp nobody's style. You don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Baby, it's not about hurting their feelings. It's about snatching them out of an eternal damnation. To bring them to the light. All right, people we know are headed in the wrong direction, and the church needs to wake up. How many of you in here know somebody who's heading in the wrong direction? It could be your own child. It could be your husband. It could be your wife. It could be you. And if we don't wake up, let me tell you this. If you are headed for edge of a cliff. And you don't know that. But you are speeding that way. And somebody's in the car with you. They know that this is a dead end and that this cliff is going to drop off. Would you want them to just sit there and just enjoy the ride? My question is, why are you watching? You know these people are headed for damnation. Just the way that they live is affirmation of damnation. And you won't say nothing. I might get fired. Well, who got you that job? I might lose my business. Who got you that business? For if any man, and this is the season that God's in now, God said, I know it's going to cost you something. But if any man, woman, boy, or child, loses anything for my sake and for the sake of the kingdom, I restore you a hundredfold in this life. That's his word. Oh, the devil going to act a fool. He said, but guess what? I'm bigger than that devil. If you lose anything because of this gospel, I restore you a hundredfold. All right. So, Pastor, what's required? I'm glad you asked. So that you'll know, this is what's required. Come on back there, y'all. Be quick about it. Wake up. All right. What's required? Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. King James Version, it's required that you let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. This is what's required, baby. You can't hide no more. You got to come out of the closet. Ain't nobody in there no more. Everybody is out the closet. Have you noticed? Everybody out now. 
but us. And we going deeper into the closet. We don't want nobody to know because we might get fired. We might, the, the folks that are out of the closet, they don't care about getting fired. Matter of fact, they are making you accept their lifestyle. They're changing laws. They're making decrees. And the church, we're going deep into the closet. We're going deep into the darkness. Can you imagine what it looks like to God? Here you are going deeper into the closet, into the darkness, and you are the light. Can you imagine what everybody on the outside of that door looked like? All that light coming through that darkness because of you. You are the light of the world. You cannot be hid. You, baby, you cannot. When you accept Christ, you cannot be hid anymore. People going to know you. They going to look at you and say, you know you better than that. You know you shouldn't act like that. I thought you were a Christian. You know what that is? That's a conviction. That's an open door of repentance. And God wants you to get yourself together. All right. We must get closer to God. Watch this. So we can hear and see what God is doing so we'll know what to do next. Many times we don't know what to do next because we're not close enough to God. Your relationship is not tight. It's tight with everybody else but God. They didn't send you here. They don't have a heaven nor a hell to put you in but y'all tight. Really? You want to know why you can't hear God? Because you're not close enough. You're not practicing his presence. Oh, baby, it's a reason why we have praise and worship on the front end. It's not so that you can come at the message at the end. Well, pastor's going to be up by 1130, so that's a good time for me to step in. Really? You step in to hear pastor, and you can't hear God. Your priorities are off. Well, I just won't come. That's you. I'm still getting up at 1130. Praise and worship still going to start up at 11 o'clock. That's what you want. God has created this thing where you can choose. And if what he says is important, is not important to you, that's a choice you make. You wonder why you're not getting any stronger? Well, Pastor, you're whooping me. You need whooping. What's wrong with you coming in here and lifting up your hands and worshiping God? You're strengthening your spirit. You're getting closer to God. This is the way he designed it. Because the devil won't do it. He won't humble himself and come up to God like this. That's why he designed it this way. But you'll do it in the street. Somebody throw down on you, walk up to you on a gun, they ain't got to ask you nothing. This is your first posture that you take, a posture of surrendering. And that's what God wanted in his house. He wants you to come in here and surrender. Freely give him what he asks. What do he ask? All of you. Give me your hurt. Give me your pain. Give me your misery. Give me your unbelief. Give me your doubts. Release it unto me. Realize that I am God, and beside me there is no other. There's nobody else you can surrender to that's going to love you and take care of you in your mess. That's the type of God we serve. But we miss it, and we don't understand it. And we come in here, and we look around and worship. You know why I had to darken the lights in this place? So you stop looking at each other. I sit around, and I look at people, and they just, they're looking at everybody else worship. Really? 
So you think they got, they have an, a combination. They have, a, they have figured God out. They know that you have to worship God like this. Or some of them have to worship him like this. What, what are you trying to figure out? Why are you watching? What are you looking for? No, it's between you and God. So when you come out there and you leave this place today, I don't know why they had them light dim. Well, now when you walk out there, you can tell the people why I had the lights dim. Let me keep going. The Christian faith once, watch this, was the plumb line for all decisions that were made. You don't remember this, and maybe you're not as old as I am, but that was, that was I mean, to be a Christian was, was almost like mandatory. Our founding fathers, they were Christians. Yale, Duke, all those folks, were Christ, all those were Christian schools. It was a standard for America that we accepted the fact that you were a Christian if you're going to run for office. It was a plumb line. It was the standard quote. And now we've gone into the closet so far that nobody wants to hear you. Ben Carson stood up and said something about Christianity and this and this, and I know he's over some other religion, but the fact that he claimed Christianity, everybody now is shooting at him. Something has gone wrong with America, and the church who has the answer is asleep. But God, he's going to wake us up. All right, let's go to the next. Amos, watch this, and I'm going to give you something that's kind of heavy, but I believe it's true, okay? Watch this. Amos, chapter 3, verse 7, from the New Living Translation. Indeed. The sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plan to his servant, the prophet. Hear this again. Indeed, it is true. The sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plan to his servants, the prophets. God said, I do nothing in the earth unless I reveal it to my prophets. Pastor, what are you talking about? I believe everything that goes on in the earth goes on under the control of God. I believe that low-down, dirty devil, the rascal himself, has revealed what he's going to do before he can do it. That's why y'all see all these crazy videos and stuff come up before stuff happens. The devil has revealed what he's going to do before he do it. That's why y'all crazy rap music go on and all this stuff, all this stuff they talk about in rap music, all y'all got hooked on the Illuminati. Did this. Baby, that stuff been out there, but the devil couldn't do it until you revealed what he's going to do to you guys. So everything that you see on movies and all this stuff that's happening when I told y'all about CERN, guess what? My young son already told me about it because he saw it in the cartoon. Stargate, all that stuff, traveling through time. It was already, the devil already showed you what he was going to do. He had to. You just were looking. It was television. The devil had to tell you what he was going to do before he could do it. And the church was asleep. And we didn't know. Now, oh, I can go into a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. When y'all first started seeing homosexuality on TV, it was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. The devil had to show you some stuff before he implemented the laws to do it. Now he's doing it. Uh-huh. So, 
Pastor, why are you bringing this up? Keep following me. Understand that the term prophet, he's going to reveal to his prophet. Understand the term prophet here is not some exalted ministry position. I've been called to the office of a prophet, but I don't put it on my shoulder as, hey, he's a prophet. No. You know what I'm doing now? I'm speaking into your life. Now, I can go deeper. I can tell you some stuff about your life. You want to know? Not in front of everybody. I got you. Sorry. Got you. Well, you leave it there. I'm going to tell you some stuff, though. All right. So, just because you have, when, when you hear the word prophet, don't get mystic and get all, you know, bent out of shape. Oh, there's a prophet. No. No, 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 no. That's called the office of the prophet. Okay? But you can prophesy. You can speak words of encouragement, comfort, all these things that the prophet's supposed to do. All right? So let's get it straight what God's trying to tell us. Understand the term of prophet is not some exalted position. It is not simply a description of anyone's, anyone who's available, any, a description of anyone who is available and who can hear and is willing to speak the word of God. As long as you are hearing and willing to speak the word of God, you can prophesy. You can prophesy. You can speak into my life. You can come in here and you can say, Pastor, you don't have to say, thus say the Lord. You can say, Pastor, I sense the Lord telling me this. Or, Pastor, the Lord said this. Pastor, I sense God telling me this. And it's okay. We want more pressure when we call somebody, thus said the Lord, thou God, which is in heaven, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No, just tell me what God said. Put all that tolerance stuff on. Don't make me take it no more than what you've said. So, so let's just be real. Let's stop being superficial and start being real with this thing, and we're going to see real manifestation of God's power. Look, I don't know if y'all know about it, but this is a manifestation of God's power. Y'all don't know what it took me to get to this thing. Amen? All right. All right. So God always warned his people before punishing them. Hold on. How many of y'all have par- had parents or have parents? Everybody in here, really, uh, unless you came through illegally. But you had a parent, okay? That parent would tell you, if you keep on, I'm going to tear your tail up. If you keep on, I'm going to get you. You're going to make me get you. If that parent, being earthly, had enough sense to warn you before punishment, what about God? What about your God? Before I do anything in the earth, I'm going to reveal it to you. You know when you're messing up. God reveals it to you. You know when you start getting off some kind of way, he reveals it to you. Next thing he's going to do is tear your tail up. The Bible says he whoops you with the stripes of men. All right, let's keep going. All right, so where are these prophets today? Let's find out from God's Word. Acts chapter 2, verse 17, 21, New Living Translation. In the last days, we are definitely in the last days. The last days begin in 1949 when Israel became a nation. The clock starts to tick then. We're in the last days. Everything that's happening right now is last day scenarios. All the stuff that's going on with Israel, with uh, Syria and all that stuff, that's to tell you what, Damascus is going to be destroyed. Damascus is the capital of Syria. It's going to be destroyed. Probably by a nuclear bomb. Oh, he's prophesied. No, I'm just telling you what I read in the Bible. Ain't got to get that deep. Just read your Bible and you'll find out what's going to happen. Okay? So in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon 
all people. All people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see vision. They're going to be watching TV. They're going to see the vision. <laughs> and your old men will dream dreams. I dream of things. I'm, I'm considered old in the faith. I've been around a little while, and I, I'm dreaming. I see stuff with the youth ministry. I'm dreaming that this is going to happen. I'm, I, you know, I, that's just me, okay? So I'm dreaming while God expects me you to do something. That was over your head. All right. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants. How many of you are servants of the Lord? When did the last days begin? 1949. You weren't even born yet, but you're here now. So God's saying, in these days, I'm pouring my spirit out on you. Can you receive that? God is pouring his spirit out right now on you. Yes, you, little old you, who don't even like going to church. He's going to pour his spirit out on you, his servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. You could be in a club, baby. And God poured his spirit out on you. And she's sitting there beside you. And you, girl, you know we don't need to be here. Ain't nothing going on. This is so boring. We need to get out of here. And, you, and she looked at you like, where did that come from? He poured out his spirit. He didn't say when you get into church. He didn't say when it's going to be convenient for you. He said, I'm going to do a thing. And behold, will you not know it? Let me get you a little deeper. And, it, and I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. It's going on all over the place, okay? And the sun will become dark. We know all that's eclipsed and all that stuff been happening. And the moon will turn to blood red. We already know that's been happening. Four blood moons just, just passed. Before they great, before they great, before. I'm going to warn you, before this great day comes, you know what those blood moons were? You know what all those eclipses were? You know all the smoking and stuff going on in California? Everything on fire. They've been hollering for rain. Now rain came, and now they said, bring us. All this stuff is happening before this great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. There's, and you know what? And most folks in the church is scared. When God just said, it's a great and glorious day, the church is scared. Who for what they think going to happen? Because you don't know your God. You just don't know. And I can't make you know. Oh, they done put a clock up there. God, dog. All right. The sun will become black and the moon, all that. All right. But everyone, watch this. Can I? <laughs> but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will what be? What? Saved. Why? Because of you. And because of God's anointing on your life and God putting his spirit upon you, when you talk to people, conviction is going to come on them. And if they call on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. That's how close they are, and that's how much God wants them saved. That he's going to employ you 
He's going to hire you to do his bidding. So instead of Christ, you are here in Christ's stead. That's why you don't get caught up in the money. It's just a tool, baby. You're not going to serve two masters. You cannot. You can't serve God in money. That money is just a tool. You give more away than you're going to ever spend. You follow God, I guarantee you, you're going to start seeing yourself just giving people money. You won't be able to stop. Why? It don't mean nothing to you. And they just get out like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Like, please. There's more where that came from. You don't get caught up in this stuff. Why? Because you're on a mission. You are on an assignment. But most of us are missing it because we don't see the assignment. We're not looking at spiritual stuff. We don't look at the spiritual power. We don't look at the spiritual investment. That's why God has not got a return on his investment, an ROI. He has not gotten a return on his investment. He's invested in you, and he's waiting on his ROI. When will you deliver? Keep going. Read that for me. You don't have to read it aloud. Just read it. You hear this? All creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. The creation, everything, the dogs are waiting. The owls are like, whoo, 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 whoo. Everything is looking and waiting for the manifestation of you. Everything is waiting on you to manifest. Waiting on you. Everything is. The church got to wake up. We done had our fun, and we, 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 we want to have some more. We had not had enough yet. People are going to hell, and we're still trying to find a place to party. The club that we grew up with have closed down. When I was coming up, guess what? They ran out of name for club. This one club, they just called club no name. You remember? <laughs> club no name. And we were going, where are you going? No name. They couldn't even put a name on the club. It kept changing so much. They just called club no name. And that's what we call them, the club that has no name. Really? Really? I guarantee you, if the church stopped supporting the club, the club would shut down. I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm going to leave that one alone because I'm in your business. I'm in your business now. All right? All right? Y'all told me, stay out your business. Okay. All right. Let me show you something real quick. Don't watch that clock. That clock is a little bit fast. It's about 30 minutes too fast. All right. What is our assignment? Let me tell you this. Our assignment has changed. We serve a God who has not changed. Same assignment he gave to Ezekiel during this time. He's given it to us. Once again, a messenger came, from me, from, uh, came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country, the people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman. When I bring an army against a country, guess what, y'all? The United States is under judgment. And there's going to be some people that's going to come into this country to try to bring this country down. We can see. the. We don't know who the people are yet. But we know with this country doing what it has done to God, God has placed 
taking his hand off of this country. And judgment is on his way. I'm going to tell you this. We see it. The church, you know this. You, the reason you're here today is because you know something has to happen. You know this. Something has to happen. So since you know something's going to happen, God say, I've set you as a watcher. Watch what's happening. See what's happening. But I want you to do this. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm and what? Warn the people. You're not judging the people. When I talk to people about the number one thing now is, is, is homosexuality is all out there. When I talk to people about homosexuality and about their lifestyle, who are you to judge me? If I'm not judging you, you judged already. You already judged. The Bible says effeminate, homosexual, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Neither drunkards, nor liars, nor effeminates, all these things. But I'm talking to you because that's where you are. So, baby, you already been judged. I'm trying now to warn you to get out of it before judgment gets here. God sent me because he loved you to tell you you need to come out of the lifestyle. Why? Because he's already judged. Well, I don't believe it. You will. You will. That's why the church has to hit their knees and start praying because there's some people out there who have been deceived. They think and believe that they have been born that way. They have been bewitched. They have been lied to. They have been led astray. And if the church don't wake up, they will go to hell being deceived. The Bible talks about it in the last day. God said, I will send them a strong delusion that they might believe the lie so that they can be damned. People don't want to believe God, don't want to accept what God says. God said, I'm going to allow you to be confused so that you can be condemned. That sounds like a mean God. No. You are a mean person because you had the choice to choose and you refused to make the choice. I told you before, even if you say you were born that way, and listen to me good, if you're in here and you're living a homosexual lifestyle and you believe that you were born that way, I'm okay with you. I'm not mad at you because you were born that way. We're not arguing about it. I accept it. You're right. You were born that way. But verily, verily, I say unto you, you must be born again. Mm -hmm. I'm no more mad at you than I am with the person who's committed adultery beside you. He too, or she too, must be born again. So no need to get mad at me. I'm not arguing with you. I'm not arguing with you about your sin, whatever your sin is. You need to repent and be born again. Amen? All right. Then if those who watch this, who hear the alarm, refuse to take action, is it their own fault if they die? They heard the alarm, but ignored it. They heard you telling them. They heard you saying this. You heard you saying, baby, you got to get right. Baby, why don't you do better with your life? Baby, why don't you do this? Well, girl, you know, you, know, you know you're not right. Man, you know you can do better. You, that's the alarm. You sounding, when you open up your mouth, you are sounding the alarm. They heard the alarm, but ignored it. So the responsibility 
is theirs. God said, I take it off your shoulders. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their life. They could have. Meaning everybody not going to listen. But they could have gotten out of this judgment. They could have gotten away. They could have saved their life if they just had listened. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, you won't say that because you don't want their feelings hurt, he or she is responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. God said, if you don't open your mouth, I'm going to hold you accountable. You are on an assignment. And when you get around folks that you can't let your light shine, God says, you are just as guilty. You are a partaker of the evil that they are involved in. I will hold you accountable. You are responsible. God will never give you the authority and not hold you accountable to it. Watch this. This is the assignment. Now, son of man, I'm making you a watchman. For Israel, God was talking to Ezekiel, but today he has allowed me to talk to you. He's making you a watchman for your friends, for your boss, for your schoolmate, for your wife, for your husband, for the people that you hang with. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. Do you hear what God's saying? God's saying, I need you to tell them that I'm coming. You need to warn them that I'm on my way. And I'm not a happy camper. Warn them for me. Because when I see them, I'm not going to be happy. So I need you to warn them. When you see somebody living the wrong way, doing some crazy stuff, they doing all this crazy, all this sin that they involved in. Warn them for me, God said. You hear your assignment? Warn the people for God. Don't let God catch them in the state that they're in. Are you hearing me? There's the people that you know, the people you're hanging with, people not doing right, smoking, drinking, carousing, insects out of sex, whatever. You got to warn them for God. God said, warn them for me. Tell them for me. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die and you fail to tell them to change their ways, all you got to do is open up your mouth and tell them. You don't have to make them. Just tell them. The choice is theirs. Then they will die in their sins. And I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn them, to repent, and they don't repent, they will die in their sin. You see this? They're going to die. But you will have saved yourself. You have saved yourself from having to give an account to God. In the last days, all of us must stand the judgment. Every man must give an account of the deed done in his body. God wants to know, did you witness to that person that I sent to you? Well, God, how did I know this? Well, how did you know that they wasn't? God, because they were cussing me out. They was talking about me. 
They were putting me down. I could never do anything to please them. Whoa, 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 what do you expect? Me to send you a Christian? You expect a witness to a Christian? No. God sent you the heathens. He sent you somebody's daughter, somebody's son, who were way out there without hope, who were alienated from God, who didn't have any hope in the future, and God sent you to them to witness to them, to warn them. There are some people who are headed to hell tonight, and you had to open up your mouth to them today. That is not fair. Some of you all in here right now, you're friends with people. Y'all go kick it together. You're going to go to heaven, and they are going to go to hell. What kind of friend were you? How low down and dirty are you? You're going to potter with me and got your life right with God. You know some limits. You know about repentance. You know about all this. You're going to go to heaven, and you're going to let me go to hell? And you my friend? Who needs an enemy? Next one. This is the last one. Well, Pastor, what if I get off course? I promise y'all this is the last one. Do I have any more slides? All right, good. Pastor, what if I get off course? What if I go astray? I'm going out there trying to help somebody. And Pastor, it looked like they were having fun. So I slipped a little bit and I started having a little fun. The Bible tells you that you have to be careful. When the, some of the places that he's sending some of us into, he that standeth, let him take heed lest he fall. When, you, when God sends you into a situation, you got to watch what you do. you got to watch your stand. Yeah, you are a Christian. That's why he sent you. But if you don't remind yourself of whose you are, you can slip real easy. This flesh will go back to where it was, and you'll find yourself regressing, or we call it backsliding. So he that standeth, let him take heed when he falls, because the devil is slick, y'all. He has a lot of wisdom, but his wisdom is perverted. And he would get you twisted if he can. And here you are to save this person. Now you find yourself in bed with this person. Do you hear me? Do you understand me? The devil's not playing fair. God sent you to this person to try to get this person delivered. And you find yourself compromising your situation. There was an attraction. There was a spiritual attraction first. Because God went to you, sent the love that he had inside of you, the anointing inside of you, the love of God was in you. And when what my mom always said, was from the heart, reached the heart. And here you are, out of your own heart, going to try to help this person. But some kind of way, they received all your love and they got confused. And, and instead of you trying to win them out of their sin, you're trying to compromise with them. And next thing you know, it, oh, it happened. That's how I get messed up. That's how you go off course. That's how you get distracted. Listen to me. People find, when, 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 when people following you and they don't even know why, it's not because you look so beautiful. It's because you're so anointed. People are after your anointing. They're not after you. Take that anointing away and they, ain't got, they won't give you their number. Mm-hmm. 
Well, y'all quiet. <laughs> y'all going to be all right? Y'all going to come back again? Uh-huh. All right. All right. So what am I going for? This is what God said. When I tell the righteous people that they will live, I don't tell them, you saved. But then they sin, expecting their past righteousness to save them. Then none of their righteous act will be remembered. That nails a, uh, a nail in the coffin. Where you saying once saved, always saved? Mm-hmm. You play with God if you want to. You know what I'm I don't remember your righteousness. God, you remember when I accepted you as Lord and Savior? You remember when I cast out devils? He said, but I say unto you, many said unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, then I prophesied in your name, then I cast out devils in your name, and I shall say unto them, depart from me, because I never knew you. You can't play with God. You can't think that because you say you can do anything. That ain't happening, baby. The shaking has begun. You're going to either be for Christ or against Christ. You're going to either be a believer or a non-believer. There is no in-between. And you need to start working on your faith right now to get rid of the unbelief so you can be a believer. Their righteous act will not be remembered. I will destroy them for their sin. I will destroy them for their sin. I will destroy God says personal. He takes it personal. Because you knew better. You knew what was right. You knew you shouldn't have been doing this. You knew he wasn't yours. You knew she wasn't yours. And now I take it personal. Why? Because you are here in my stead. You're not hearing me. You were designed, you were called to do what I would do in that situation. So you telling everybody that I'm going to be like this? I'm going to be an adulteress? You telling everybody I'm a homosexual? You telling everybody that I'm a liar and a cheat? Remember, you're here in my stead. So you are my representative, my ambassador. So how are you going to disrespect me? How are you going to diss me? How are you going to do me like this? And I'm your God. I'm your Savior. No, I will destroy you. I will destroy them for their sins. And suppose I tell some wicked person that they will surely die, but then they turn from their sins and do what is just and right. Now, here you are, you know better, and you're acting a fool, but now he gets to this wicked person, and he tells them that you're going to die, but then they turn from their sins. He said, for instance, since you can't figure this one out, God said, I'm going to break it down for you. For instance, they might give back a debt of security. Return what they have stolen. They stole somebody else. They stole your purse. They bring your purse back. You going to hell. Mm-mm. No, you going to hell because you knew better and you wouldn't change. I stole your purse. I'm giving it back to you. I'm going to be in heaven. <laughs> you going to hell. For instance, you know, okay, all right. So I stole and obey my life-giving laws. You see what the, the life-giving laws. You want to get life? You start obeying God's will. And no longer doing what is evil. If they do this, then they will surely live and not die. Both of y'all in the same room. One person who knew better, 
but thought because he was all right with God, he could slip and do his own thing, backslide, and end up slid all the way back to hell. This other person who was in there who knew they were going to hell, but said, you know what? It ain't worth all that. Let me give these folks their stuff back. You know what? I know I took your stuff, but here it is. You know what? I probably took your husband. Here this rascal is. You have him back. <laughs> I'm going to heaven. You can keep him. <laughs> Whatever it is, they repented, and God said, they will not die. But you thought you had it together, and you're going to hell. None of their past sin. You hear this? Everything that they did, none of their past sin would be brought up again. Nothing that they did, because they repented, nothing will be brought up again. And here you are in hell, knowing you should have done better. You should have done right. And now you know what that is? You're going to end up calling God unjust. But he said, I told you about it before it happened. I've already revealed it to you through Scripture. For they have done what is just and right. And they will surely live. Today, as you sit in this building, I challenge you to take the assignment to be a watchman for God. I challenge you now to be willing to open your mouth when you see judgment coming. When you see people who are living a lifestyle contrary to God, absent from God, as a watchman, you must open up your mouth and you must say something. Don't open up your mouth and condemn them, for they've been condemned already. So don't condemn them. You need to warn them in some kind of way. It means that you're going to have to build a relationship with them. Don't cross over and start telling them about their sin. They already know that. What they need to know is how much love you have in you to pull them over. That's why this is strategic, and that's why you have to watch, because so much love in their heart. You love them so much, you don't want to see them go to hell. But they, the world will confuse that love with lust. And they'll think that you're coming after them to lust after them. And in your own heart, you're coming to pull them out of hell because you've got that love for them unconditionally. And they confuse that sometimes, and if you don't watch it, you will get confused. That's why I say, if you don't remember any other scripture I gave you today, he that standeth, let him take heed, lest he fall. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you for this day. Father, I thank you so much for your people. And Father, yes. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.